Hey, it's Pastor. I am so excited you could join us uh, as we hear and listen to the Word of God. And I'm always hoping and praying that He's going to specifically guide your life and give you the hope and the peace that you cannot give to yourself. He is the power every time He promises to work through this Word. If He has worked in your life, we want to hear about it. Please email us, let us in, encourage us uh, by emailing office.amazinglove at gmail.com. Also, if you'd like to support this ministry, make messages like this ongoing, uh, go to our giving tab online or download the app. Go to the app store and search Amazing Love Luther. But now, may you continue to grasp how wide, high, and deep and long is the love of Christ in this for you. Thank you. church family and to all those who are visiting Amazing Love, it is good to see you on the conclusion of our series playlist. And uh, we've been taking a look at pop songs and we're drawing out spiritual truths much in the same way that Jesus, the master teacher, used parables. And he found common ground using agriculture and, and things of that matter to, to talk about spiritual truths. And today we're talking about being lost. And uh, there are some famous uh, remembrances of being lost. One of my favorites in my mind of uh, being lost comes from the movie Dumb and Dumber. Does anyone remember this movie? Dumb and Dumber, Lloyd and Harry. And uh, I remember they were setting off to Aspen, Colorado to return a briefcase. And uh, Lloyd had a great idea to, to drive the, the dog mobile for Harry so he could get some shut-eye. Uh, but what Harry didn't know is that Lloyd took the wrong turn. And they woke up and they were driving and they found themselves here in the fields of Nebraska. And um, I remember Harry saying, I, I thought Colorado would be more mountainous. The idea was that he didn't know where he was going, that he took a wrong turn. And, uh, and it was only then that uh, they found out there in Nebraska that they realized this is not Colorado. I could tell you how he totally redeemed himself and the scooter and things like that, but... But, but here's the point. I believe that, like uh, Lloyd here, you can be completely lost without even knowing it. You, you know what I'm saying? You can be completely lost, and you have no clue you're going the wrong direction. It reminds me of those people with an innate sense of direction. Like, uh, you know where north, south, east, and west is even now? Any, anyone right now? North, east, south? Okay, so where's north? Yep. Where's east? Yep. West? Right? These are the people that should be driving your cars. So, so all the rest of you, you know, you probably, you know, turn it over to them. Because you know if you've ever been traveling with someone who didn't have the innate sense of direction. And GPS and, and MapQuest printouts didn't even help them. It's crazy, right? I remember I was uh, working with my brother-in-law. He's a great guy. His name is Don. And he could probably beat me up because he's a personal trainer. But anyway, he did not have an innate sense of direction. We were camp counselors in Florida, and we were driving home. Now, our camp is right here. Our home is right here. Disney is right here. And, and so I'm like, okay, you take over. It was my, you know, uh, hairy moment. And, um, and so I was getting some shut-eye, and, and, and I've seen these signs for Disney. And it was an already long day that is now going to be at least an hour longer because he is in the wrong direction. But it wasn't his fault. He was completely lost, and he didn't even know it. 
Which leads me to our song for today. It's Rascal Flats. It's a country song. It's an oldie buddy goodie. And, and I'm, not, I'm not sure where he was, but, but he wrote these lyrics. Uh, look at the lyrics here. I set out on a narrow way many years ago, but I got lost a time or two. And I'm not sure when he figured it out. I'm not sure, again, if he was in Nebraska. He was talking about relationships. Uh, but but, but he, he set out on a course that didn't lead him to where he wanted to go. And isn't it true in life? That we have destinations in mind, and we might even think we're on the the straight and the narrow, right? The the narrow way, but we get lost and sometimes not even know it. And that's true relationally. We we think they're the one. That's true in business. We think that company is the one. That's true in so many areas of life. And because we're in church, can we turn our attention to spiritual matters? And welcome again if if you're just visiting us, if you're watching online, you don't consider yourself a Christian. But but here's what I believe. I believe we can have an innate sense of lostness even when we don't know it. And and the proof, the the story I would give you is the prodigal. Now, Now we just read that. Let me remind you of the story of the prodigal. The prodigal, he thought he knew the way. He, he, he set out to his own country. He was probably like to his friends, come on, I got a great idea this way, right? But he was lost and he didn't even know it until he was with the pigs and desired to eat what they had. And then he woke up and he's like, no, no, no. I, I, the way was back. The way was with the Father. The way was a, a different way than where I find myself now. And this can happen to you and I. And one of the reasons it can happen to you and I, why we have prodigal moments, I, I believe Jeremiah spoke to it. There's something inside of us. There's something that we're all wrestling with. Jeremiah the prophet, he put it this way. He said, the heart is deceitful above all things and it is beyond cure. That as long as you walk with this world, you're going to have a heart that lies to you. And this is evidence for all the times that you thought something was the right thing to do. And then you woke up maybe days, maybe months, maybe even years later and you're like, no, that was completely wrong. And why? Because the heart is deceitful above all things. One of the things we recognize spiritually We have a sinful nature. And that sinful nature does not give us an innate sense of direction. No, that compass just swirls around, wondering where should we go today? Maybe again, you're you're new today or you're wondering, you know, how to figure things out spiritually. I want to welcome you. And, And here's the thing, I think God does have direction for us. That's why I love the word, right? He opens our eyes. To see where to go, where not to go. He opens our eyes so that lost things and lost people can be found. And that's what I want to tell with you today as we, we go into God's Word. Can we get there now? So uh, God, I believe, is the greatest artist. And uh, the, the Bible that, that we read from, it's, it's a collection of music. It's a collection of poetry. It's a collection of narratives. All of these great stories for our benefit. Today we're going to learn from a narrative of a guy who thought he was found but was really lost and is going to be touched by God. I invite you to turn to Acts chapter 9, and uh, you can follow along either in your worship folders or on the screen, and this is what we're going to consider today, all right? Acts 9, it says, Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Now, that made me pause this last week, and, 
And maybe you've been following Christ for a while, and, and maybe sometimes it was difficult to follow Christ because you were persecuted. What I love here is Jesus saying, you persecute my people, you persecute actually me. You have a beef with them, you actually have a beef with me, because Jesus isn't even walking around anymore. But Jesus got the back of those who try to go forward for the sake of the kingdom. Has the back of those who are trying to make progress in the faith. Has the back of those who want to be vocal even in a political environment that may not be vocal about Christianity. He has our back. Persecute me. Who are you? Saul asked. I am Jesus who you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. Then the men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They Heard the sound, but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus, and for three days he was blind. He did not eat or drink anything. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, he has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see again. He got up and was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. So here's the story of Saul, who also is known as Paul, right? Who is on his way doing one thing when God totally intervenes and brings him a different way. Could you turn to the person next to you and say, I found the way, I found the way, I found the way. Let's talk about this this morning. Man, I'm hoping God blesses our time. How many of you have ever done a race, a 5K, a Spartan race, a Tough Mudder, a, a triathlon, any, any race people? Yeah. I was doing some research, and I heard of just this crazy guy in this crazy race. His, his name was Gary Robbins, and he went out to do the Barkley Marathon. Has anyone ever heard of the Barkley Marathon? Okay. If, for those who haven't heard, it's in Frozen Head State Park in Tennessee, and it's called an ultramarathon, while a, a current marathon is 26.2, and the Chicago one is coming next week, and that's crazy. And by the way, the first guy who did a marathon died. So that should tell you something, right? You know, like, maybe this isn't a good idea. But, okay. So, but, but the ultramarathon um, is 100 miles long. And to register, the fee is only $1.60, and maybe because it's 100 miles long, but you have to write this article of why you should be, you know, uh, in the Barkley Marathon. So, so Gary Robbins got accepted to the Ultra Marathon, and, and he made a documentary over all that he did to prepare for 100 miles in Frozen Head State Park. And, and as he uh, was running the race in 2017, it was the second time he ran it, and thankfully, he finished. He finished the 100 miles, and I have a picture here. But what you may not know is that the 100-mile marathon has a 60-hour limit. And as Gary Robbins got in that day, though he finished, he heard he was late. And he was late for the cutoff by, you want to guess? Six seconds. Because of six seconds, this guy who had the watch said, no, you did not call. Six seconds. Seconds. I mean, if there's ever a time to like spontaneously combust both emotionally and physically, it would have been hearing that I didn't make it by six seconds. And then you want to know the title of his documentary? Here's the kicker. Where dreams go to die. <laughs> and, I, and I think that's a forecast for the fact that he probably won't be doing the Barkley Marathon anytime in the future because it's just not worth it. 
I bring up Gary Robbins and his dream that has died, and I don't think he's going to do it again. Maybe I'm wrong. Because I guess where I'm going with this is, have you ever had a dream that died? Can I tell you mine? I was a freshman year uh, high school student. I was staring at the roster for the, the basketball team. And my brother was the man. I mean, he held school records. Um, he was recruited by colleges. Um, and I'm thinking, you know, many brothers, you know, follow in footsteps. Like there's the Matthews guys in the NFL. There's a lot of just different paradigms, you know, so I'm going to be the basketball player. I practiced every day in the summer to, to, get, to bring up my skills. I, I, you know, I, I was on the top of my game. As, it's not saying much, but anyway, I was, I was doing really good. And as I stared at that list and I didn't find my name, that dream had died, Right? We can all relate to this in some fa- fashion, can't we? Um, maybe for you it was a team. Maybe for you it was a school. Maybe for you it was a relationship, a career. And, and at one point or another, you just recognize, wow, this thing is dead. As we look to our story, Saul has a dream. It's not for the Barkley Marathons and it's not basketball, but his dream is to get rid of the people who follow in the way. In fact, look at verses 1 and 2. It says, Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked for letters in the synagogue so that if they found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. See, Saul said, because I'm a Pharisee, because I'm a strictly religious person, I've got to remove any competition. I've got to remove those who are teaching this Jesus noise, you know, followers of the way. And so he, he was on this track to, again, do whatever he could to eliminate that. But then Jesus came. And that's the gospel. And Jesus came suddenly. I'm not sure Jesus comes to everyone like he came to Paul. But Jesus came and he intervened. And in verse 3, we know he saw the figurative and the literal light. Look what it says in verse 3. As he neared Damascus, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. And this, even though Saul didn't know it at the time, was the best day of his life. Because Jesus was about to give him a different dream. And Jesus was about to set him on a different course. And Jesus was going to give him purposes that were so much better than what he was about right now. He was going to take him from persecutor to proclaimer. And he was going to change the course of his life. But one dream had to die. The dream of being persecuted to give birth to a much better dream. And this is the first point that I'd like to share with you. It is the grace of God when he lets one dream die so that a better dream can be born. It is the grace of God that Saul could die on his pursuit for persecution so that another pursuit could happen. They couldn't happen simultaneously, friends. They couldn't go on the same way. So sometimes he lets something die in order for a new thing to be born. I consider for basketball. You know what's great about not making the team? I have never never had to do a dribbling drill ever again in my life. Two basketballs, I don't care. Don't need it, friend. Mm-mm. Don't care if I'm good at 21 or not. Don't need it, friend. Right? I got, I got a free future, right? Ha, brother. Anyway. Um, Gary Robbins might not do the Barkley Marathons. You know how much free time he's going to have not preparing for 100 miles of a marathon? I mean, his future is totally free, Right? And, and, and then as we look at this, and, and maybe we're looking at the past, I, I just wonder, and this is maybe a downer statement or question, but I wonder right now, are there any dreams that you're pursuing that just need to die? And you're like, thanks, pastor. That's a really good thought. <laughs> Dream killer, you know. Glad I came here today. But no, I, I really do mean to help because 
Sometimes you can't pursue two things simultaneously. Sometimes the passion, the attention, and the devotion you're dedicating to one thing does not, and it prohibits you from allowing passion, dedication, pursuit of another thing. And sometimes, let's be really honest, we've pursued things without pursuing God. Haven't we? We can all relate to that. We've pursued a course that had nothing to do with God. Or let's, let's, say, let's put it this way. Sometimes, if we're really honest, we've pursued things that were sinful. That we actually knew not, not only didn't include God, but were against the ways and the wills of God. And it's these things that maybe we just need to pause and, and self-assess. And is there any, again, dream or pursuit that needs to die this morning and bring it to the Lord? Because there's a guy named Solomon who would warn us about bad dreams. Remember his story? Let me tell you about Solomon. Solomon, again, the greatest guy who, uh, great, wisest guy who ever lived at the height of the, the, the kingdom of Israel. And, and, and Solomon could tell you about some dreams he had. One of, one of his to, was to build a temple. And he pulled it off. He, he, he made one of the ancient wonders of the world, Solomon's temple. And he did a lot of different things. He had projects. Um, he, he, he built many things. He, he was known for his wisdom. I mean, talk about a guy who, who seemed to have it all and pursuing some really good things. But then Solomon, at the end of his life, he writes this book called Ecclesiastes. And he's talking to all the dreamers. And he's saying, dreamers, when you don't dream with God, I got a conclusion for you. Dreamers, when you pursue something without God, I got, I got the end of that road for you. And he says in Ecclesiastes 3, this is what happens. He says everything's utterly meaningless, everything. Because what do people gain from all their labors at which they toil under the sun? I've seen all things that are done under the sun. All of them are meaningless. They're chasing after the wind. Now here what you need to understand is under the sun equals apart from God. When you are pursuing things apart from God, this will end up in futility. And some of us know this too well because we have pursued that family and kids. And you just said to God, when I have a family and kids, then I will have arrived. And then my life will be different. And then I will feel satisfied. But you woke up disillusioned because no earthly circumstances could give you anything that God had to give to you. Or, or maybe for you it was, I was going to make this amount of money. And, and if, you know, if I just made that amount of money, and there are some teenagers and there are some 20-year-olds right now, if I just made this amount of money right now and you're dreaming about it, and I would tell you there's some old people who have made that amount of money, and it didn't do anything. They chased the end of that rainbow, and they didn't find a pot of gold. They found disillusionment. This is what happens when we dream apart from God. So what's the answer? I love what God does. I love that God just intervenes. That God steps into your business today and God stepped into Saul's life and God made him blind for a little bit only so he could open his eyes. I want to talk about opening eyes a little bit. Uh, does anyone remember when they first got glasses? Hey, where are my glasses wearers? Okay. I remember I was, uh, I was blind in fourth grade, and, and my doctor's test was this. Can you see the hymn numbers from the balcony? That's a church culture, friends. I grew up in church. Anyway, can you see the hymn numbers from the balcony? I can't. And, and I remember getting these specks, and they were blue, and they were big, and it was awesome. And I remember driving home on a sunny day, and I looked at the leaves and the foliage, and I'm like, oh my goodness, look at the detail. Holy cow, there's a ton of them, Right? You know, and if you've ever had that experience where you could see again, or you came out from LASIK or something else, and you put the contacts, it's like, my, wow, I've been missing something, right? 
What we need, guys, is a spirit that says, Lord, open my eyes. For some of us who may be new to Christianity, maybe feel lost, Lord, open my eyes so that I can see that Jesus is more than a great man, is more than a philosopher, is more than a marvel, is more than a teacher, but that he is my Lord and that he is my Savior. Open my eyes to see it today. Open my eyes to see the significance of the cross. That it is so much more than a historical event, so much more than what people wear and put on their houses, that that cross is both personal and present. It is personal and present because on that cross, my death was died. My punishment was paid. On that cross, the sins of my present were covered forever. Open my eyes to live in that mercy and live in that grace. And some of you have been walking with God for a while. You have your eyes open to Jesus as Savior, but he needs to open your eyes some more. He needs to up your prescription today. Because he has ways and wills that you are overlooking right now. He needs to help you to dream how he's dreaming. To see people as he sees people. To live in a way that may be different than the rest of the way the world lives because there's a better way to do it and he can show you if you allow him. So Lord, open my eyes. Open my eyes. And that's what he does. Here's the point. We are to see how every path should lead us straight to God. Lord, help me to open my eyes to see how much I need you as Savior today. Open my eyes to see what your paths are and how I can pursue your will. And so now we turn to our song for today, and I'm excited to share it with you. Uh, this whole series has been produced by Life Church and uh, Pastor Craig Rochelle. And so what we're doing is we're uh, using a video that they had of, uh, they, they interviewed the guy from Rascal Flats. And uh, so he's going to give us a rendition of uh, Broken Road, uh, God Bless the Broken Road. And as you're listening to this, I, I just, I would encourage you to imagine what it was for God to lead you on the right road. What it was to, for God to lead you to, to open your eyes to, to a better way and a better reality. So without further ado, Bless the Broken Road. And I set out on a narrow way many years ago Hoping I would find true love along the broken road But I got lost a time too I wiped my brow but kept pushing through Couldn't see how every sign pointed straight Every long lost dream led me to where you are. And others who broke my heart, they were like northern stars, pointing me on my way into your loving arms. This much I know is true. And that God bless. That led me straight to you Oh, yes he did Well, I think about the years I spent Just passing through Well, I'd like to have the time of the lost To get it back to you But you just smile and take my hand Oh, you've been there, you understand 
It's all part of a grander plan That is coming true And every long lost dream Led me to where you that way my goodness but what was the road that led there for me I was an infant at a YMCA when my dad baptized me in the name of the Father Son and Holy Spirit and my story may be not be the prodigal even though I'm a sinner but mine is one of the older brother who by the grace of God has always stayed in the family and I am thankful to be with him today what is your story do you remember who first told you about Jesus who impacted your faith life so that you could first know him for many of us it is our parents and thank you parents I don't know the last time you've asked and called your parents and said, thank you just for telling me about Jesus. That was the best thing you could have done for me. Thank you for that road. It's good to consider such things. And what it was that we might know we could be children of God. But now as we close today, I want to end on some high notes, some encouraging notes. I wanted to, to share with you why I think even a broken road is blessed. And uh, I wanted to know, have you ever had a product, an experience, a, a food item that, that, that say, I'm never going to go back, that this thing has just wrecked me, right? Maybe it was a face lotion, and this face lotion is so far superior than any other lotion, it's like, this, I'm wrecked. I cannot go back to, you know, it's just, it's a game changer, right? Maybe it was a taco. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. But you had a taco, and you're like, I am never going to have a taco the way I used to have it, because this taco, it's insane, right? I am just wrecked. Maybe it was a hotel stay, and you're like, oh my goodness, I didn't even know that there were like living environments this way, and people could do things like this for me. It was just, oh my, I don't want to, do I have to go home? This past week, uh, the Dish Network guy came, and, and uh, one of the things that I realized is how far we've come along in watching TV, right? And uh, one of the things I can't go back from is this thing, DVR. I mean, because if anyone knows what happened before this, and they're seeing young people, we need to tell you what used to happen. It was, it was messed up, man. We had these VHS cassette things, and if we weren't actually there, we'd have to put it in and, and, and record it. 
And some of us know that we had this. Some of us, who's still rocking their old VHS cassette tapes? You have something at home, right? Yeah, I still do. Right, absolutely, because we didn't have DVR. It's a better way. Or, or I remember going from HD, and, and now it's 4K. And now you look at standard definition, and you're like, what in the world? Why can't I see that person's pores? We can see their pores now. Where are we? Come on, what's this pixelation? Right? And, and sometimes it's just like, I, I never want to go back. It is so much greater. Here, here's why the broken road is blessed, right? Because if you've been walking with God, you know so how how far greater it is and how greater the beauty of the right road is. See, see, this is the point. The experience on the broken road shows us the greater beauty of the right road. See, see, we know what it is to be, to be in a pattern of sin and to deal with the consequences and the weight and the guilt of that sin. And, and when I feel like God wasn't there and how awful that felt, but I wasn't going to tell anyone. And now that I am in Christ and I know my, my standing and my forgiveness, I never want to go back to there. And God has freed people from chains. And God has, has broken chains before so that I never want to go back. I remember what that was. Some of you can look at your life and be like, I remember when I was not walking with God. And I wasn't going to tell my friends this, but it felt lonely. And it felt like I was missing something and I didn't feel full. And now that I am with God, there's a different thing. Not easy, but different. And boy, is it beautiful. And boy, is it good. This is the experience of the broken road. I consider the, the phrase from Rascal Flats. he he put it this way. He said, Others who broke my heart, they were like northern stars pointing me on my way into your loving arms. Sometimes he allows these collections of experiences and the relationships to just show us the greater beauty of Jesus when he's there. I consider Paul who talks about the new road compared to the old road. Paul who is Saul, by the way, if you're new to Christ. And Paul would later write this. He said, that is not, however, the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ. When you were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. And man, if by the Spirit of God you've ever been fueled by the Spirit, you know how good it is to be used in that way. I don't think you ever regret living in, in step with the Spirit. I, I'm not sure it's easy, but I don't think we ever regret it. And, and where everything else is a chasing after the wind, by faith I believe that what we do leads to eternity. When we're walking with God, when we're dreaming with God in mind, what we do leads to eternal impacts, not just earthly ones. This is the beauty of the greater road. One other thing. One other thing, the, the reason the, the, blessed, uh, the, the blessed broken road, and, and, and for me, um, I, was, I was watching uh, Chip Gaines and Chip and Joanna, I don't know if anyone watches Chip and Joanna, and uh, Chip, Chip, he has a new uh, book coming out, I'm not sure if it's any good, but I like the title, uh, Chip Gaines, uh, look, look at the, the title, it's Smart Things I Learned Doing Stupid Stuff, right? And, and we can relate to that, right? Because that's what we're talking about, it could be uh, smart things I learned on the broken road, Right? And then I consider Paul's story. And he has some smart things even when he's on a broken road. For example, he is courageous. He has boldness to try to do whatever he can do to stomp out the way. And would God make use of that courage? Would God make use of that same boldness? Yeah, he would. For Paul would be the same one who went on to Jerusalem even though he knew he would get arrested. And he'd be willing to do it. He'd be willing to be stoned. He'd be willing to be shipwrecked. He'd be willing to be snake-bitten. All these things out of the boldness that he learned along the broken road he was now using on the right road. 
Or you consider his time as a Pharisee. He had to know the Old Testament. Did the Old Testament come in handy when he was telling people about Jesus? Sure it did. Don't you know Jesus is the fulfillment of that one who was pierced for our transgressions, as Isaiah said? Don't you know he is the one who rode in on a donkey on Palm Sunday? Don't you know he is that fulfillment? God used all those experiences along the broken road so that when he got on the right road, he was used by God. What have you picked up on the broken road? For me, my winding road was all the jobs I had before a pastor. I remember uh, I was a bill collector. I called people and I said, you know, you're behind on your $6,000 cookware. And I felt like a fool, right, you know? And I was calling them and I had to do that. But, but I learned something. You know what I picked up there? Sometimes you have to tell people what they need to hear, whether against it's what they want to hear. Now, is that useful in living for Jesus and being a pastor of Christ? Absolutely. Do people sometimes need to hear something they don't want to hear? Absolutely. I picked that up along the way. Or I remember being a waiter for four years. For four years, I had to read people. So I can see you right now. I know your body language. I had to read the air around people. What do I say? What do I not say? Do I use that now in my social interactions? You bet I do. I try to love people like Christ. I try to read the air. Or what about this? I was at a butter factory. We worked from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. And no one should be up from the hours of 2 to 5. No one. No one at all. But what I learned in the hours of 2 and 5 is that sometimes you've got to just have grit and bear it. You've got to do what needs to be done because there's no one else around to do it. And you've just got to draw from within. And, and do you use that every now and then as an adult? We just need to do something even though you're tired, even though you don't want to do something, even though it needs to be done, right? See, experiences on the broken road that help us when we're on the right road. And so, so this is what's going to happen for us, this, this principle, that the lessons and skills we learn on the broken road help us when we're on the right road. And for you, the gospel is you don't have to change everything. If you were passionate about music and you were in a rock band, maybe you now change that and you now, now you're just filled with praise. We can leverage that guitar. Maybe for you, you were bold and you were known for speaking your mind and you were known for just telling people what they needed to hear and now you tell people what they need to hear in Jesus. Right? Is that same boldness? Right? Or maybe for you, you're good with numbers and you're like, okay, what do I do with this and God? I'm just going to handle what God gave me in a, in a good way. Maybe for you, you're good with children. Like, I'm not just going to be a, a good mother to my own family. I'm going to broaden this out and help other people and love on other kids. And See what I'm saying? Experiences everywhere else can still help us when we're on the right road. So may God bless us to see the greater beauty of the road he set us on in Jesus. May God so bless you if you're still curious about Jesus to know that he is reaching out to you, that he's intervening today to you. He's calling you to his side today. And may you have perspective on how he can continue to open your eyes to use you for his kingdom. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I thank you that I just get to be here and listen to the message of the cross, the cross that calls me loved and forgiven. I pray that everyone in this arena would, would believe that with their hearts and souls, that the Spirit would take hold of them. But now we ask that you'd open our eyes continually to your ways and your desires, that we may be used for your sake and your kingdom. Dear Alice, in Jesus' name, amen.